You're listening to a Stranger podcast. www.thestranger.com. Hey, this is Dan Savage, and you're listening to the Savage Love podcast, which you downloaded at www.thestranger.com/backslash or forward slash or just slash Savage. The phone number here, if you want to record a question, two zero six two zero one two seven two zero. Let's get right to the uh, question, shall we? Text heavy at risk youth. Okay, so my girlfriend and I approached a couple that we are close with about some group sex. Well, actually, I approached the husband, and he was receptive. And he talked to his wife about it, and he said she was curious and receptive as well. Uh, we made plans to maybe go to a strip club together, have a few drinks, then go back to their place and see what transpired. We had all gone to a strip club together before where my girlfriend competed an amateur night and won first place. I was very proud of her. Um, the husband and I discussed terms and came up with seeing if the girls would play with each other and then we would have our respective mates and, uh, you know, but all in the same room, no swapping or anything. Uh, well, it's, it's been about six months since I broached this awkward subject and, and none of us have mentioned it since. Well, I'm a girlfriend and I've talked about it, but, you know, not, not with the other couple. Um, I've talked to the husband once or twice about the four of us going to a strip club, but our schedules just haven't allowed it. Um, so my question is, if I bring it up again, or my girlfriend and I just forget it? First of all, congrats to the girlfriend on that uh, first place win at the amateur strip night. Um, congratulations. That's a, that's a real achievement. Okay, so if six months have passed since that night that you all went out ostensibly to flirt, and you and the other husband very you know graciously came to terms about uh, your wife and girlfriend messing around without actually involving them in that conversation, which is very gentlemanly of you, uh, if six months have passed and they haven't brought it up and it hasn't, uh, they haven't like called you or broached the subject or wanted to reschedule or been receptive to another strip club night out on the town, clearly they're not interested. Uh, and whatever went down that night at the strip club either gave them cold feet because if you guys did something or they just got cold feet, you know, through no fault of you or your girlfriend or your behavior. They just got cold feet and decided it wasn't for them. Uh, so the thing to do, though, now is to say to your friend, the husband, exactly what you said to all of us here in podcast land, because it was very uh, well put and articulate. You know, you don't want to seem pushy, and you don't want to lose their friendship, but it's awkward to have this sort of floating around out there without it being acknowledged and, and, and resolved. The resolution not necessarily being what you would like, not necessarily being all four of you in a, in a heap, uh, humping the shit out of each other. The resolution might just be hearing from his lips, from your friend's lips, you know, we decided it's not really someplace, uh, something we want to do or a place we want to go or we're not ready to go yet. And then there's some, and then there's, you know, there's a period at the end of that sentence. There's some finality. There's a, it's resolved. Uh, so, you know, it is going to be awkward to bring it up again, but as you're currently, uh, becoming aware, it's more awkward and it's going to be increasingly awkward not to bring it up again, to have it sort of, like I said, floating around out there unresolved. So bring it up again to put it to rest, you know. Just go bury that body with your buddy and tell him, you know, sorry I've made you feel awkward. Uh, just wanted to, like, double check, check in with you. Looks like it's not going to happen. It's totally cool. Really value your friendship. Your friendship's more important than any, uh, like, you know, getting it on that we might have gotten to. Uh, so just want to let you know that I still like you and we're all cool, right? And he'll say right and, you know, we were not into it. And who knows, maybe you planted a seed and in a year's time or two years' time, uh, they may, you know, be in a place in their relationship where they actually suddenly do want to explore and they'll be uh, giving you a buzz. 
But for now, the thing to do, go to your friend and be as sensitive and articulate about it uh, and, and acknowledge the awkwardness, and as you were just now with us, because you, you, you said it very well. Hi, Dan. I'm 21 years old. My husband is 24. We've been married for two years now, and the relationship, both the emotional part and the great sex, began about four and a half years ago. When I was a teenager, I would fuck anywhere, anytime, just about. For about a year now, though, it's been really hard to get in the mood for sex. Once we do it, I enjoy it, and I'm happy to say that my husband is a considerate partner who's learned a lot about how to please me. It uh, really only gets better. He wants sex probably a couple times a week, and hell, I want sex a couple times a week. So why should I groan at the thought of sex if I like it and want it, and it's only getting better? Any help would be appreciated. Thanks. Okay, the most important thing you said uh, in, your, in your question was, once we do it, I enjoy it. And we're going to come back to that in a minute. The very first thing I want to tell you, though, that is the first bit of advice should be given to any woman who's experiencing a sudden drop in libido or low libido levels is to go get your testosterone levels checked. Testosterone, isn't that the male sex hormone? Yes, it is. Um, women have it too. Uh, and women with very, very low testosterone levels uh, tend to have very little uh, or no interest uh, in sex. So you may have a hormonal imbalance, uh, burgeoning one, or maybe, you know, you've been together four years and you're just sort of ramping down a little bit and the excitement of the new is gone. Uh, he only wants it a couple of times a week, which to me seems entirely reasonable uh, and a, a reasonable expectation, particularly at the four-year mark, maybe not at the 44-year mark. But right now, uh, a couple times a week uh, isn't, uh, isn't a burden uh, and he's not asking too much. Uh, so returning to once we do it, I enjoy it. You know, we're sort of in this trap now where we have to say that men and women are the same and everyone's equal and blah, blah, blah. And it's gotten to the point where we can barely acknowledge sexual differences anymore. Um, but there are sexual differences. And men and women have very different sexual response cycles, very different uh, genitalia, very different basically kind of everything uh, to a certain degree about sex. And there are tens of millions of exceptions. You know, you make generalizations about 3 billion men, 3 billion women. There's going to be tens of millions of exceptions. The odds of the exceptions would listen to a program like this are higher. Uh, still, we can make the generalization with that qualifier. So here's blah, 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 who put a nickel in me? Here's what I'm just trying to get to. Uh, men get horny and then want to have sex. A lot of women experience sex as uh, with, really in reverse. They begin having sex. And then they get horny. So what you should do at those moments when he's horny and maybe you're not so in the mood is just maybe go along for a little bit of the ride, see if you ramp up, see if initiating sex doesn't make you horny. And if it does, Yahtzee, and go for it. And if it doesn't, maybe you can just, like, be a indulgent partner and, uh, you know, help him whack off. You know, let him tit fuck you or whatever it is straight people do when the guy's just going to beat off whatever but you can uh, you can keep his balls drained uh and see see if you like ramp up to wanting full-blown vaginal intercourse see if you just ramp up to wanting to see him uh milked pleasured uh satisfied satiated good luck with that hey dan i'm calling from san francisco and i have a really hard time saying thanks but no thanks um uh, I've never known quite the right way to do it. I never felt that I was, um, never felt that I was doing a very good job of, of 
rejecting people in a kind of decent, mature way. So this here's this recent situation. Uh, I put an ad online, and um, I was very clear in the ad that I already have a life partner. I was just looking for a fuck buddy, and I was very specific. I said, this is what I'm looking for, and um, this is what I want to do, and if it clicks with us, it could be an ongoing thing. Uh, so the guy responds and uh, comes to my door, and he's he's okay. He's um, actually a very nice, sweet, intelligent person, and probably by a lot of people's standards, good-looking, but the fact is just didn't really turn my crank. Um, so I had sex with him, and I enjoyed the the comfort and the affection, but lost my heart on, and it wasn't a real hot time. And I knew that uh, I wasn't going to be interested in a repeat. A few days later, he emailed me, and uh, I emailed him back. And you know, I thought I was doing the decent thing. I I said, you know, thank you. I, I had a really enjoyable time with you. You're you know, a very nice, sweet guy, but. Uh, the chemistry didn't feel right for this to be an ongoing thing. And uh, he emailed me back, and he was all emotional, and he said, oh, my God, I can't believe you rejected me like that. And I, I thought we had such a great emotional connection. It felt so real to me. Are you telling me that you were, like, pretending and just be polite? And I, I feel so inadequate. This happens to me all the time. And that really put me in a quandary about how do I respond to this? Because my sort of gut instinct was to write him back and say, no, no, there, there, you're really a really nice person. You're a really good-looking guy. But I stopped myself because I thought, well, like, what is my motivation here for writing him back the second time after I've already rejected him? Like, am I trying to boost his self-esteem? I don't know if that's going to work because... I'm like the one person in the world right now who's not capable of boosting his self-esteem. And then I also sort of interrogated my you know, own motivations a little bit, and I thought, oh, maybe I'm just like, I'm trying to get him to like me despite the fact that I've rejected him. It's like I want him to... Blah, 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 you do go on. You have a hard time saying uh, thanks but no thanks, but it seems pretty easy for you to say every other goddamn thing on the planet. That was the longest uh, question we've ever gotten uh, for the... Uh, for for such a really a short question, you know, can you let them down in a more decent way? How do you let people down easy? How do you reject people without hurting them? You can't. Every time you reject somebody, they're going to be hurt. It just there's no way that you could have been any more decent or any nicer or any softer with this guy than you were. You had sympathy sex with the guy who showed up at your door, uh, which is always a mistake. Like if you're going to do internet hookups, I really think it's a bad plan. Uh, you know, and I know you're from San Francisco, it sounds like, and you're, uh, you know, there's the culture of sort of Internet hookups uh, that I'm just a little too old to have gotten in on. Uh, and so people do order people up to the door. But it seems risky because once somebody shows up at your door and you're having a little conversation in your house, uh, you know, there's the risk of the person lying to you and being, you know, there to steal your wallet or your furniture or whatever. Um, but there's also then sort of you feel obligated to go through with it. Uh, there's a lot of people out there exploiting Internet hookups. Uh, for just that reason, because, right? you know, once you're in the door, what are they going to do? Either they have to reject you to your face, uh, which a lot of people have a hard time doing, or they're just going to have to go through with it and have sex with you. Uh, and your problem is having that, you went ahead and had that pity fuck sex with this guy that you weren't attracted to, um, which led him to believe that you were attracted to him. Weird. Isn't that weird how he would think that you might be attracted to him since you fucked him? 
Um, and then when he got the email from you, it was sort of not what he expected based on your behavior while you were together. You know, you lost your erection. He obviously didn't see that referendum uh, for what it was. Uh, but, you know, he thought, you know, he had a chance to be your ongoing regular fuck buddy thing because you fucked him. So in the future, you know, if you're worried about it, I would encourage you not to fuck people you're not attracted to. Pity sex always ends up hurting the person who got pity fucked uh, in the end. You know, you think you're being nice when you pity fuck somebody. You're actually not because the minute they realize it was a pity fuck, as this guy no doubt has, they're just devastated and humiliated. And it makes it, it makes the rejection that much worse. It's the fucking inch of chocolate frosting on the chocolate rejection cake. So don't do that. Uh, but you can't help how other people react. You know, he didn't take it well and he sent you a whiny email and your best, you know, just, you just should have responded to that email and say, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you. Uh, and good luck out there. And that's really all you owed him. You owed him nothing else. You know, it's a cold, cruel world and you stick your dick out into it. And, you know, sometimes nasty things happen to you and, you know, you get hurt and you get rejected as part of being a sexually active adult. And you can't protect the whole world or everybody you fuck uh, from that kind of hurt and pain and rejection. And it's not your job to protect people from the pain of rejection. You know, often it's the pain of rejection that helps us learn how to uh, behave in different ways to avoid rejection. You know, people who are rejected over and over again uh, – you know, because they did, they made stupid choices. Eventually, hopefully, stop making the same stupid choices. And maybe this guy needs to look in different areas or go in different directions to find his sex partners than he has been. And your rejection may help him ultimately see that. So it may be for the good in the long run. Uh, and now I'm talking too much. See, it's a gay thing. It's not uh, anything you did. Uh, blah blah blah. So I'm going to stop right there. You did all the right things. No more pity fucking. Hey Dan, calling because I have a, a question in regards to getting stuff back from exes and I'm I totally I, I don't really know how to go about this uh, so maybe you can give me your take um I was engaged to a girl I dated for uh, about three years or engaged for about a year and she still has some of my stuff the breakup was a really rough breakup and so I think entirely mutually we didn't speak for about five months um until after we'd broken up and then slowly started being able to speak reasonably again and uh and started talking and at first you know there were a couple things uh, of mine that she still had that i guess she was still using and then she asked me if she could hang on to them for a little while longer and i i said okay then it became apparent uh in the subsequent conversations that she's got some serious drug problems that she's developed since with hard drugs since we parted ways and just in general that her lifestyle is, is not very positive right now, and, and she's lied to me about a number of things, including uh, trying to trick me into thinking she was uh, going to be in the States for a while when, in fact, she was going back home to London. Um, so at this point, I think my feelings about letting her hang on to my property have changed, and, and I've really wanted this stuff back for a while, and she's got probably a, a couple thousand dollars worth of of, of my stuff, and, and uh, I'd really like to just see it back uh here's the problem some of it is uh is at her place uh in in london and i'm in in british columbia and some of it is at her folks house in the washington dc area and i'm in british columbia and she's not going to be back there anytime soon so it's it's a big old mess so uh, how
how do I go about this? Is is there a way for me to to approach this that might make her likely to try to reach some kind of compromise or solution with me, or is it so likely to just draw a negative reaction that I should probably just consider this stuff lost until I'm in a better place with this human being and and it's a little less of a hassle. Um, also, uh, her parents not really big fans of me, so I don't think it would be too easy to call them. Anyway, it's all a big, complicated mess. If you have any advice, uh, it'd be appreciated. I'm kind of curious about the stuff this junkie uh, is holding, because the uh, caller never tells us what it is that she's got, his goat. So we're going to give him a call. Hello? Hey, it's Dan. Hey, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm all right, thanks. Okay, so I just listened to your question. But uh, my, my follow-up question is, what the hell has she got? What, what is it? Uh, what property of yours you keep referring to? This property? What is it? Sofas? CDs? Oh, she's got like a camera, my guitar, uh, a lot of. I'm kind of a vinyl dork, so a lot of pretty valuable vinyl. Um, and it's all in London, and you're in BC. Uh, actually, the impression I get is that most of it is. Um, after we were supposed to move to Canada uh, together, and when we were going to move in together, it didn't end up happening. Um, so I'm in Canada. She's in London where she ended up, and uh, I'm pretty sure the majority of the stuff is in D.C. where we were both living. Um, but I but she won't probably, tell you where? No, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's probably at her, her parents' house. Um, you know, it's, that's probably where most of it is. And you're afraid of going to her? Do you know where her parents are? Can you call her parents directly? Uh, I do. They, they really, uh, let's put it this way, when it all ended, I think my parents were, were pretty okay with the fact that things didn't go too well. Her parents... Not, not the same way. I don't think they'd be too pleased. Um, also, I, she's her life is really, really in a strange place right now. Um, she does have some pretty serious drug problems. So getting in touch with her and did you get her onto drugs? Like is that, that why? Did you did you introduce her to drugs? Is that why her parents don't oh, want no, to see you? I've never done drugs in my life. Actually, I'm, I'm straight edge. But um, yeah. So no, I had I had nothing to do with that. Have you contacted her parents, or are you just being a pussy about it? Because even if they don't like you, they would probably love to get your shit out of their house if they've still got it. No, I haven't. I haven't tried calling her. Just call them and say, "Hey, my stuff is there. I just need to get it out. I want to get it out of your house, out of your hair. Uh, You know, sorry." And are they pissed because they wanted you to get married and you don't want to get married? I I think it was just the kind of thing where you see your kid in a lot of pain and, and you want someone to blame, you know? And right. It was, you know, I think they just, it, it, it was really simple. I made, you know, their daughter cry a lot. And that was in a bad way too, but uh, for them it was really hard to understand. And now their daughter is in a downward drug spiral and they're probably blaming you for that too. I don't think they know that she's doing drugs uh, um, because they're they're very far away from her and I don't think they, they speak often enough or they, they probably speak fairly often, but I don't think they're involved enough in her life at this point. All right, here's um, what you do. Here's what you do. Go to their house. Don't call. Just go and say you're there for two reasons. A, you know, you you want to get your stuff, and you can put it to them like, I want to get my stuff out of your hair because I'm sure they don't care any more for your stuff than they care for you. And the longer you let it go on, the greater the odds are that they're going to assume you don't give a shit about this stuff, and they're going to give it away or throw it away or sell it. And then you need to say, and I'm really concerned, and it's not my place to interfere or get involved right now, and I'm sure she wouldn't welcome me getting involved in her life, but I'm concerned about your daughter because this is going on, and I don't know if you know it. I'm, I'm actually pretty certain they don't. Well, tell them. Yeah. 
And if they react negatively, they just kind of back out of there awkwardly, because I think... Yeah, don't be such a pussy. Like, yeah, if they they react negatively, you apologize and leave. Are they going to shoot you? No, no, I guess I guess I just have I thought straight edge was you didn't drink, use drugs, eat animals, or smoke. I didn't know it was like you were afraid of all conflict. No, I, I guess that's just me. That's just, that's my personal take on it. Um, but no, yeah, I, I've been really reluctant to do that, you know, because it, it will cause will Be- cause conflict at the very least. Yeah, because, because you're scared. Well, then, is you, okay, then ask yourself, is avoiding this conflict worth losing your guitar and all your vinyl and all the rest of it? Is that the price you're willing to pay to avoid this conflict? Because the longer you pussy around, the likelier it is that all this stuff is already at Value Village and Goodwill and gone. Yeah, yeah. How long yeah, has it been there? Was, how long has it been? Uh, since we, uh, since the engagement was called off. Yeah. How long has it, how long have her, has her parents been storing your stuff? Uh, probably about five months. At this oh, point. We just stopped speaking. One uh, more month and your shit is gone. One more month yeah. and your shit is gone. Yeah, that's the rule of thumb, huh? Yeah, like parents are not. Uh, Parents who don't like their daughter's ex-fiance are not down with being their daughter's ex-fiance's storage unit. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I think I think one of the other things that may make it a little awkward is I'm not sure that my stuff is like set aside or if it's just like I, the impression I get from her. The only time I was able to really like she was in the right mind and we broached this was that like all her stuff that she didn't take with her is in a big messy pile at her folks' place. And that I'd have to kind of... Then you show up and you say, my stuff is mixed in there, here's the stuff that's mine, and I will organize this big, messy pile for you and get my stuff out. Yeah, all right, yeah. And you know what? You need to know that your daughter's in a bad way in London, and I worry about her, and I feel like it's not my place to get involved, and you need to probably do something about it. Yeah. And if they blow up at you, then leave, and then you know, and then it's over. You know, your shit's gone, and there's nothing you can do about it, and you'll never see these assholes again. You need to buy a new guitar. Yeah. (laughs) All right, man. I appreciate it. Sure thing. Bye. Thanks. Hey, I'm Straight Edge Man. That means I can't deal with conflict or people being mad at me. That was hilarious. 206-201-2720 is the phone number if you'd like to record a question for a future podcast and listen to me call you a pussy to your face over the phone to your face. Uh, this is Dan Savage, and you've been listening to the Savage Love Podcast, available every week for download at www.thestranger.com forward slash savage. And I blog most every day at www.thestranger.com forward slash blog if you want to read uh, my about shit that has nothing to do with sex at all. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, more tales of this fucked up American life. Bye.